June 29, 2021. It's a for Pedro show. <laughs>
Lock for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. We start a show off Blue Train. This is John Coltrane live in Stockholm, 1961. And uh, after that, we had Breathing Room. Only an excerpt, <laughs> a very little excerpt. Andrea Williams. And uh, Brother Matt and the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point. A couple miles south, still quick quarantine mode, but slowly moving now. However, I'm not man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with a righteous Skype adventure. I got Andrea Williams with me. Welcome aboard, Andrea. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Please bring us your earliest musical recollection. Um, Musical recollection. Um, I remember um, being told I'm not allowed to touch the stereo system in the record player of my dad's and I was probably three and I moved all the furniture that I could and I remember the feeling of these big giant headphones covering my whole head and I put on the Kraftwerk Trans Europe Express album. Great album. <laughs> yeah, I think they all looked like my dad going to work. I was like, <laughs> Dad, he's <laughs> like, so I was just like, Dad, you know, and then just like played, played that and just, you know, we lost one, a Florian Schneider last year. Yeah, I never, I never got to. I saw a bunch. I saw a bunch live. You know, even going back to, uh, I think it was Man Machine and Computer mm -hmm. World and uh, Radioactivity. Yeah, and that stuff. Wow. And, and then I saw it with only two of them. I never saw the uh, what they call Ralph works, right? Because they ended up just <laughs> Ralph Hooter and th three guys with the same haircut. So, uh, and this pad was their musical instrument. Well, there, there was a stereo, and so, believe it or not, people been on the show. They tell me that's an instrument. What I plugged into that shit. Yeah. Just like the yeah. tape recorder or something. But was there things like uh, pianos or guitars? Um, uh, there, we had a piano at some point in the house when I was in elementary school and my brother and I just like to improvise and, um, we were apparently pretty good. You know, we could just sense and make these emotional kind of quality pieces. But, um, my mom was like, you need lessons. And I was like, eh, <laughs> I didn't really want to be told how to play. That was an early problem of mine. I didn't, or it turned out to be a good thing, but it, uh, you mean you did you know, have the experience and it wasn't a bad one. Yeah, yeah, it, but it was slightly out of tune. I think I was, I had a really good No, ear, no, like, I mean with the teacher. I've had guests on that, that oh, almost made him quit yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the teacher was maybe fine um, in elementary school. I think it was that I wasn't challenged enough. Like I could memorize the song and they were like Frosty the Snowman. You know, I'd be like, I'm done. Okay, I can play it. Um, what's next, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't really challenged, uh, musically. And so I didn't really, I didn't really care to learn notes. So I think I was told you have to learn the notes and we're not going to teach you anymore or you can't be in band or whatever. So I took apart the saxophone at home and like played all, like I was probably saxophone. Like John I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm confused saxophone. here, uh, but I played what, alto saxophone in elementary school. No, but, but no, I'm, I'm talking about the piano. You had piano lessons. No, no, no I never... you had saxophone lessons in school. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm working on the mind reading, but I'm gonna still have to use words until I get there. <laughs> Sorry, it is very hot here. <laughs> probably my main, my brain's probably a little melty today. No, it's but... okay. It's okay. So I'm trying to absorb this thing. So at home, it you let the freak flag fly. You, your brother, improviser. But at school, because I was going to ask you about, did you do the, the the school band or choir or marching stuff? Um. So you got the saxophone. School, I, I did saxophone and, and you then, take it apart. That's righteous. Yeah. Like I played the little duck calls on the little mouthpiece and I took the, um, 
uh, you know, where the sound comes out and put it up against my my leg and like muffled it. And I, then I, I saw John Soren in bell. New York City. I think they call that <laughs> yeah, the I saw bell. John Soren, you know, 10 years later or something. And I was like, wow, okay, I did that one. <laughs> you know what? I, I saw Archie Shep solo and he was singing into the bell of his sax. That's old, really old, cool. old spirituals. Wow, wow. With Raymond Pettibone yeah. at a place called Catalina up in Hollywood. Yeah, and it was a trip. And you could hear him breathe through it. And it was, it was an, a very a righteous experience. So uh, you, you you quit the, the band at school and that kind of stuff. Oh, well, let's get back to uh, back at home. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Um, oh, with my own money? Or you mean yeah, like... Yeah, because when uh, you're a kid, you don't have a lot of money. So when you buy something, right? It's... Yeah. Gosh, I probably... I didn't have my own money till college maybe i don't know um never like an allowance or like uh cutting the lawn i didn't have an allowance no they were like you get to live here (laughs) (laughs) you are allowed to live here then what what asked a bad fucking question (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i was given a bit of money for like a was like my first albums i bought at like a bazaar like a church bazaar or something like uh like not like a flea market but i don't know they like you walk around and they sell stuff and i was given a bit of money and i bought uh with it two albums and i so i was maybe in kindergarten or first grade first grade i don't know something like that it was little and um i bought michael jackson's thriller oh yeah and, and hall and oates h2o <laughs> yeah great singer daryl hall yeah i mean yeah. incredible incredible yeah voice. i mean i grew up in the 80s and that was like a big deal to get the michael jackson i mean the production quality was pretty good <laughs> the, oh well that's quincy thriller. jones right yeah, and actually, yeah. you know what he had Mike Jackson use for singing, Mike, was the SM7, you know, what they use in radios, stations, uh-huh. a $300 mic, yeah. Oh, so wow. so what about the first gig you went and saw? I don't I don't know. I was trying to think of this. I know you asked these questions. It was probably, um, I think, so I grew up near Philadelphia in New Jersey. Darryl um, Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Oates. And, uh, what did John Oates lo- do? Lots he was of, the like, buddy, Motown right? Motown and... You know, stuff like that. And uh, also in the 80s, there was this throwback to the 50s. Like it was cool or something. And um, I think my parents took me to see Sha Na Na. Sure. <laughs> like Bowser. Bowser, like the acapella, <laughs> like all these different ranges of voices, yeah. um, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of cheesy, but I, I, you know, it's it's sound, you know. Sha Na Na, you know, but believe it or not, they, uh, they were at Woodstock, right? Because oh, I remember wow. seeing a film of this uh, shit, a midnight movie as a teenager. And when they came out, everybody was booing a bunch of stoners, oh. right? This is my dad's music, you know, because 70s people yeah. were so fucked up. They wouldn't <laughs> listen to shit even five years old. Like, this is my dad. You know, yeah. a kid now will uh. listen to 50-year-old Black Sabbath. There's no problem. But in those yeah. days, there was a huge problem. A nar- nar- narcissism. Uh, 70s generation. Uh, well, they wanted a big change, you know. So I guess. I guess. Yeah, I think humans flock around trends, and they don't. They're not even thinking. They're in some kind of cruise control. <laughs> not not all like, the time. Just some of the time. I yeah. want to play this family rainforest you sent me. <laughs> Another excerpt. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Yeah.
para cortarlo. Eso, le ya quito un pedazo. Ven aquí. No. Lot from Pedro Show. That chunk of music started with Family Rainforest and excerpt. I found out people why they're excerpts because Andrea loops these things at installations. Because I said you could, yeah. well, you could have brought the whole enchilada. <laughs> now, what what is slow learner? And then we had uh, like I was telling you about uh, Eric Cardamon, uh, Parallel Systems. This is System 14, uh, the Rambutan project. Uh, Mike Bullock. Anla Curtis, mm -hmm. Jefferson Pitcher, Paul Haney, and Eric Hardiman. Then we had Snare Bone Duo for Crank Sturgeon from Al Margolis, Chester, New York. Not Troy, but Chester. And you probably know where it is because it's along that, what's it called, Hudson River Valley or some shit? Yeah, okay. that's where we are. is Prendon, no harmonica, out of D.C. area. Co-ed, brand new, can't fake. Then Black Rainbow. Vice Cooler just asked me to do a bass for a, a version of him. And uh, there's a lady playing guitar now in Bikini Kill. I think her huh. name's Erica. And uh, so I put bass to it. These, this version's acoustic. Never was. And then finally, Andrea Williams with San Frangler. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. That's a trippy one. So, okay. Uh, now, besides taking apart saxophone and that piano thing, can I ask you about like after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon, did you do garage bands, uh, bedroom bands, uh, basement bands? Um, I mean, my teenage years, I didn't. I actually was like an artist hiding in the art room at school. And then after school, I did sports. I just kept myself busy, I guess. Um, like I ran track and played soccer and stuff like that. Um, I had a lot of energy. <laughs> um, so, but, but in elementary school, going back there, I actually had a, an all girl band. I think we were called the nasty girls. <laughs> and, What'd you uh, play? Like, What'd you like, play? Like Janet Jackson. I played the Casio keyboard, a really tiny one. I'm forgetting the model. It's really small and like, you can get it in like white or like all these pastel colors. <laughs> it's the eighties. And, um, I would purposely let the battery run down and for practice and then I was basically doing, uh, you know, audio hacking or something, you know, where the, the circuit was not, was uh, broken, kind of. And sure. then it was doing weird sounds. So it was... Uh, you were taking yeah, advantage so, of that. So, so yeah. it's kind of like circuit bending in a very basic level, I guess. Yeah, tell me about the first... I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I just... I just discovered it by accident and was like, this is, this is our band. We're going to have this. And there was like a, my, a girl on drums and a uh, saxophone player. And it probably just sounded awful weird. And I wish I had recordings like, cause it probably was actually pretty good in tell a bad me, way. Tell me about the first nasty girls gig. <laughs> oh, I don't think we had a gig. We, we, uh, just played in my friend's basement. Okay, and then yeah. I, yeah. Like, practice. Band. I wanted kids to come over, but then the drum set was really the, the brothers and he would get mad and like chase us all can i ask away. about the material were you trying to copy songs off records or were you writing your own stuff no it was actually fairly like improv and then we would be like okay let's repeat that and um it, it was pretty fun but normally it was just like it, it just dissolved into you know uh, the brother and sister fighting and then we had to go home <laughs> so you were but, uh, you were trying to do see i asked this because when i was a kid you know me and d boone 
Everybody yeah. we knew in Pedro here only copied off records. No one tried to write their own songs. Really? Oh. I wouldn't shit you, Andrea. <laughs> no, well, yeah, there was so, a big yeah. cultural shift, at least here mm -hmm. in Pedro, for a couple of us, because there wasn't many punk rockers. But when the movement came, one of the big deals wasn't funny hair. I mean, that was okay, too. And playing <laughs> fast. It was writing your own songs. I know that sounds really naive and stupid now, but hmm. just nobody did it. They all, you know, the best guy in town was the guy who could play Black Dog the best. Yeah. You never yeah. thought of music as a way to express yourself. It was more like building models. Kind of looks mm -hmm. like the real thing, but it ain't. Yeah. It is good, though, to be able to have foundational skills. Maybe. Whatever. Oh, Look, whatever your life is about, I think it leads you to here. And that's why I like, I think there's a billion ways to do it. And that's why I ask everybody to tell their story on my show. That's what it's about. To yeah. give confidence to other cats out there who might think they're doing it the wrong way. There ain't no wrong way. Now, I'm, yeah. a, I'm embarrassed by what we did, but that's what we did. And that's <laughs> why I'm here and why I really uh, take to heart people who write original music. Although cover covers can be good, especially if you reinterpret them. Uh, mm -hmm. So what do you yeah. do after the Nasty Girls? Um, I, I mean, I... I think I just listened to doo-wop and pop music. Like I listened to the radio. I didn't really have many influences in my life with music or um, except, you know, those hidden records downstairs that I sometimes listen to, I guess, you know, I listened to what Mike Oldenfield, is it Oden, uh, tubular bells? Yeah. Oldfield. Like he did the Mike score Oldfield. for the exorcist. And right. Stuff. Linda Blair. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually really into that. The head, was, the, the head spinning around me and D Boone saw that the week it came out by accident it was here at the Warner theater by accident. Well, we didn't know anything about it. You know, there was no hype yet. Same thing happened with star Wars. We just happened to be in Hollywood that week. And we yeah. saw it, and it's we no girls ever cussed in a movie like well it was Mercedes Cambridge, but and then <laughs> at, in the went to the lot for some uh, candies, and some cat was having a epileptic seizure. We never saw a grandma seizure, and it was like the movie in a weird way when she's lifting off the bed. It was fucked up, man. It, wow, that really shook oh us up that whole experience. But anyway, wow. that's good. That's a trippy music. So, oh, does does this get you into electronic stuff? Yeah, I think I was just early on drawn to it. And I had a, um, I guess I didn't know, but similar to Pauline Oliveros, I carried like a tape recorder around when I was little. Um, for me, it was kind of like a, instead of a doll, I had a, this, you know, a handle and there was just this tape recorder and I would do things uh, like a journal, I guess use it like a journal and talk about my day and sing and stuff. And then when my little brother got older, we started fake radio shows. I don't have a name for it, I don't think. I don't remember if there was a name, but um, I had little skits on there. And I, my mom taught aerobics. <laughs> she actually had this boom box, and so I would have two of them. And I learned how to record TV shows, splice them up, and then record the radio show over it. So there'd be, like, little kids talking and joking about farts, but then you'd hear this, like, interesting mashup of, like, mash the show the, like you'd hear about what was it vietnam or something i don't no, remember it was korea, <laughs> korea the theme sorry song i don't was remember suicide mash. is painless yeah it was really dark right really yeah, really serious but, stuff well, so i remember asking you, my mom yeah. about black humor because it was on the second blue oyster cult sticker on the album cover <laughs> and she said michael watt read joseph heller catch 22 Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to read this whole book as a teenager to find out what black humor is. So it's funny, but it ain't really funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It's. Um, I found it later. I don't know if I can find that tape again, but it was. I wish I could. Um, but um, so I also had neighborhood kids come over. Like I was little, but they were older than me. My friends in the neighborhood, and they. I had a neighborhood joke show. So I think I'm saying this. All this stuff seemed to influence my work later in life. Um, like the no, no, I hear in your community, pieces. Like community, like it, community. Yeah, and, and like having in your engagement. pieces. In your pieces, I hear a lot of voices and shit. And I thought yeah. you were uh, taping people at the mall. Yeah. Oh, so the uh, you played the sample of the family rainforest? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that one, um, this is skipping way ahead, but uh, I have a very large extended family, and my cousin was taking photos for, I, my grandma was really old at the time or something, and wanted to, you know, to have these family photos of everyone. And everyone made it and showed up, and I... Um, I had gone to the Amazon rainforest in 2007 around this time. And um, I recorded people's memories, sound memories there. Like, um, uh, so people who um, were indigenous to the area. And I had a translator because people were speaking uh, Portuguese. This was Brazil, the Brazilian rainforest. And um, well, long, long story short, uh, I came back to Brooklyn and I was finally affording a hard drive. Like it's not easy, as easy as it is now to get hard drives. Believe and, me, I yeah. remember what a five meg hard drive cost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it was so expensive. So I was in a. When I went shop. to college, my programs were on cards. In fact, in high school, they trained me how to fix the machines that punch the cards. Wow. Yeah, all that yeah. shit's all over. Uh, we use slide rules. <laughs> People have no idea, like people, younger people have no idea what it's like to try and like document your work, like record and have files and stuff. But I, I had it all in my computer because I was waiting for the hard drive to show up. I worked like three jobs in New York City <laughs> waiting for a hard drive to show up. That's <laughs> so funny to think about now. But anyway, so I was, it was middle of the day or something and I was mugged at gunpoint and they took my laptop and oh. I chased them. I chased them down. I was ready to get shot, so I had so I could have my recordings. And um, but anyway, they were they were stolen. Ray Davies then, in New Orleans, right? He got shot chasing a guy for a purse. Really? Yeah, uh, but he wasn't killed. But yeah, I mean, I didn't go far, but I, you know, I went to the door and I let it go. It's not, I thought I really thought they just wanted to use the internet because it said Wi-Fi on a sign outside, and I was like, no, no, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you want to check email here? Then I realized they had guns. I'm like, oh. So, Andrea, but, um, did you go to college for music? Um, oh, wait, let me finish the story, though. Oh, so, okay. So, okay. basically, that piece, that piece that you played is my amazing family, who's not into the weird stuff I'm into, kindly reenacting the rainforest for me in, in a church hall. So there's a bunch of people chattering, and then they're on stage getting photographs. And I said, before we jump down, can I just ask you to do one thing? <laughs> so it actually sounds a lot like the rainforest, like the bandwidth and like all their chatter. Um, so I end up using, I've used that piece and uh, that sample in a lot of works of mine, live and things like that. It's just, um, so anyway. That's no, the, the rainforest <laughs> has a lot of, ch no, the wildlife in a rainforest because there's so much competition. Yes. Right? Yeah, and having a really large extended family, it's very similar. <laughs> and they got the parrots and the toucans and, you know, all that. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brother Matt's been there. I, I have, he's been to the Peruvian part. It's not all in Brazil. Uh, yeah. You know, there's pink dolphins. People surf the fucking Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's trippy. Yeah, One yeah. day I want to yeah. go. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 29, 2021, Dish Watt Pedro Show special guest, Andrea Williams. Hold tight for hour two.
June 29, 2021. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro's show. survive now. But remember there was just seven, eight, nine weeks passing the talking stick with the pictures of the, the missing looking at us from all the surfaces, the prayer candles, the little makeshift altars, uh, diaries and feathers and, and things you couldn't explain, saddles arriving from Utah. I couldn't even figure out where they were mailed to to come here. Notes from all over the world. This speaker's corner, this is a part of our international soul. It's a part of the world's soul. And that is why, if you remember, we had media trucks along this curve all around, from all over the world. It made more sense to the world than it did to some of the New Yorkers. Our, our so-called officials, representatives.
See 
Watt for Pedro show. We start off the second hour with acoustical hypocrisy from Andrea Williams. Ben Salter from Tasmania after that with destitude. I think I pronounced that wrong. Desuetude. Desuetude. It's like shit falling apart. An illegal term. Justice Yeldon nearby Sydney with watch something. Are you a cop? Brand new from their record. The Big Breeze. And finally, Silo. And Andrea Williams, I hear you hitting a keyboard there. <laughs> oh, right now? Yeah. You I got a it's... very sensitive microphone. So I interrupted your story like an asshole last time, but can I get back to that question? Did you go to college for music? Uh, I Not at first, but eventually, yes. I I went to Mills College for my master's oh, degree. They're going to and... close it, right? But then I heard it might get saved. And move to another place. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. It's really Fuck like yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk a whole show on that, but um, yeah, save Mills, save Mills. Absolutely. Well, I, I they might find a home at another place, right? 
Uh, yeah, something like Northwestern. I guess I shouldn't be quoted on this because yeah, I yeah. haven't no, no. had time recently to follow and it. My memory's too, but it. I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and they said, don't give up all hope. Why? Cause yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's still globally known. And I mean, their ratings, um, overall, even for teaching and uh, a lot of things, they were still with the U S news report, whatever on colleges is still high up there. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, I know it's, not... it's fucked up, but there's a lot of that shit going on. That's why we got to keep up the yeah. struggle. Right now. T- uh, tell me, uh, relate your college experience with music. Um, I mean, I think for me, honestly, I was going to get my master's so I could teach because I like I really wanted to uh, be a teacher. And then they start asking for master's degrees. <laughs> I was in New York City. I was I enjoyed uh, my band, The Glass Bees, and performing with lots of people in New York City, collaborators and just just being there. Um, but I couldn't quite get a degree there. So I um, I moved away. Um, but I feel like I already I was a bit old, like an older student, I guess. So I had a lot of experience playing shows and gallery stuff and uh, things like that already. Um, so I felt, I mean, I honestly felt it was a little oppressive, which is not how I think the undergrads came into it. In, like straight from undergrad, for them it was like expansive. And for me, it was honestly a little, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, I enjoyed uh hearing i enjoyed working at the concert hall so all the performers coming through um you know i got so i got to perform with david dunn i I don't know if a lot of people know who that is but well can i ask you this this is what people have been on the show that said when you go to an institution they got equipment that you could never afford yeah so that's kind of a resource it's maybe not a human one but (laughs) yeah yeah there, there was a you know, like um, sound devices. I got to do better, you know, more clean recordings. There was, you know, the all the old, like, oh, my God, I have some recordings of just friends with the, the you know, mo- the synthesizers all, like, playing together, like, just unplugging, plugging in, and just hearing wackadoodle stuff happen. That was just fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I felt like uh, I love the concert hall. I can't. That's why it's hard for me to talk about. It, I think because it's like, oh man, the Littlefield Concert Hall. It's gorgeous, and it was just redone. I think in 2019. Yeah. All these murals and the, the acoustics and you know the soundboard. I think it was uh, Yamaha M7 or I don't know one of those giant digital boards and um, uh, eight speaker system. You know, you could um, send sound all around with you know Max MSP or something. You can just uh, create amazing stuff in there. Um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the glass bees and I want to play this piece. You sent me the probe. Thank you. 
for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with the Glass Bees doing the probe live. Then we had Headboggle. He was on last month. Press Shuffle Bass. Yeah, maybe there's some bass guitar there. Interesting cat. Uh, Railroad Spike Forms the Voice. This is part four or five of a concert Roscoe Mitchell did with Sandy Ewan, Damon Smith, and Weasel Walter. And then finally, Sleepwalks with an excerpt from, well, it's an, it's an untitled excerpt, people. But it's from Andrea Williams' Sleepwalks Prize. So, let, tell me about the Glass Bees. Um, so Glass Bees was uh, it's Jason Doss and Christopher Williams, no relation to me that I know of, um, but they already were a band, Glass Bees, and they rehearsed in the old Westbeth, like where uh, Merce Cunningham Dance Company was, and uh, like just this basement where artists live for cheap. Um, so you're in an elevator with like all these amazing old painters, and I don't know, just, just this energy. But then you're in the basement, and it kind of smells like piss and <laughs> it's kind of gross but there's all this like artist energy <laughs> and we uh so anyway they they invited me to become uh well first rehearse with them and um because jason was a neighbor you know in a little circle of friends and um and i brought laptop and i i forget what they were playing at the time um at some point jason had a uh a, a cello but anyway there was a room full of instruments and we would just jam and listen, like listen to each other every Wednesday evening. And um, they asked me back, uh, is what I'm trying to say. They asked me back and we would just jam. And then we actually wanted to play out. So we would play shows where I think we looked like Neanderthals just discovering music, <laughs> like reaching for different objects. And it was hard to tell. Did you look like or did, did you sound like? Oh, I think we sounded like, I don't think we looked like, but I mean. At, no, uh, no, no, because Jake Rodriguez was on and he said that the brutal sound effects crew, who we got to give credit to for the connector. Oh, uh, yeah. He said it was part of a scene called costume noise, not just the noise scene, but costume noise. So that's yes. looks like, if you ask me. Yes, that, um, I actually didn't dress up for, I think Rex was upset at me, maybe. I didn't dress up, but I said my name was Andrea Williams from Kiss. That was my first play out name. <laughs> so I was like, the, you don't realize that without the makeup, someone is female. I was like, yeah, female power. <laughs> so I, I made up like funny names to make it look like there's more women in, in uh, sound field. Yeah. So I was I went the opposite way. I, yeah, yeah. Back to the glass bees. <laughs> sorry for the tangent. Um, but I think we looked, I mean, there was a visual element in that we're searching for instruments and people might think that Jason's playing this one loop, but actually I'm playing it on the laptop or Chris is playing it on guitar. Um, and then we switch and then it just kind of, it just, uh, and then, then more rhythm happens in layers. And I guess, um, but we aren't doing the thing where you record the loop and, and then keep doing it like that, you know, build upon one loop or something like a loop box. We weren't doing it that way. Um, anyway, I, I thought it was really fun and I, 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 I left, that was in New York city. So I left New York city for Mills. So actually glass bees was a band that you joined for a short time. Yeah. I yeah. think a, that's okay. I forget, that's... I forget if it was a year or two years, but then we, we played again together when I came back. So I was back and forth to New York city a bit. So we played again a few more times after I moved. Um, and they continued going and then we during the pandemic we actually um 
met back up and we were going to work together. But um, Chris is in Germany and it was really hard to find a, a program last year that would uh, with the lag time, like the kind latency. of sync us up. Uh, yeah, it's a big the latency. problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. about trading files? Um, I think we. Oh, you're we, more of a real time band. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, like it, it was more, I was trying to connect with people. Yeah. Like, um, I think they were into that, but I was like, uh, I'm so, I need people contact. I was so like, uh, busy with other things and computer stuff that I'm like, Oh, I, uh, really wanted that. But, um, who knows? Uh, the zoom has gotten better. Like there's lots of, um, won't use that shit. They sell your information. Fuck them. They do. <laughs> I, no, I but no, there's other people working on <laughs> No, there's other people working on, Andrea. They're going to try to solve this latency problems where we can jam in real time. And actually, some people on the show said they've been doing stuff, but they got to set up the situation where they can kind of be predictable and they can make the move ahead of time to stay in the... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. humans can be resourceful or they can be assholes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> think about it. The thing about yeah. it, right? And... Uh, you're just yeah, hoping you I mean, always just, meet them when they're in the fucking good mode, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been collaborating um, with a video videographer, person, artist, um, uh, making soundscapes for Meredith Drum. That's been what I've been doing. Um, but uh, I miss improv. I do miss improv, too. Oh, sure. So, yeah. You know, I, I miss being able to run, but I fucked up my knee and I can't do it anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I got my hands and I can work the bass. Yeah, we're yeah, all thank God. Ninja Look, we're at the end of the second hour, June 29, 2021. Dishwap Show special guest, Andrea Williams. Hold tight for hour three. <laughs> June 29, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
was from the head. That was, uh, that was for all intents and purposes. That was, uh, for all intents and purposes. That was, uh, that was, that's the only step in 
Watt from Pedro Show. Starting a third hour off with, and Watt's got the correct information now. He almost blew it and blew it out of the water, right? This is untitled excerpt from More Nature. And then we had, says number one. This is the part three of three. Uh, Blake Edwards turned me on to this uh, live recording he had of Zev's Proj Oons from 40 years ago, 1981, San Francisco, Tivoli. Says number one. He was incredible. He would hang pieces this is more of a spiel project, but the Zeb thing, he'd hang, he'd almost be killed by this his percussion shit. The gigs were dangerous. And then Prelude from, that's weird people, we should probably play Prelude first, right? There's a T-Rex song that Minuteman used to cover <laughs> on, off a of oh. Beard of Stars called Prelude. Or mm. we said Prelude because we were idiots and didn't know. <laughs> and this is Guided by Sound. What's Guided by Sound and what is uh, more nature, Andrea? Oh, okay. So Guided by Sound is a collaboration with Dan Joseph, who's a musician, and he mostly plays um, hammer dulcimer and effects and field recordings. And I usually play field recordings and um, the room sound, wherever we are, and, and small instruments into the mic that kind of picks up the room and sends it back out. Um, and it's very improv, and it's a great collaboration. So we haven't... Uh, I think we last played together in 2019. I'm forgetting, um, probably somewhere in Brooklyn. But um, yeah, Dan's great. We met at Harvest Works. We both worked there. It's like a nonprofit digital arts center in down in uh, on Broadway in New York City. So that's how I met Dan. And then uh, I don't remember how we just started jamming together, but that was that was fun. And uh, we played a lot of shows. And it's great performing with him. And um, earlier I had met uh, so in More Nature is uh, me and uh, Wobbly, John Leidecker. Uh, he's based in San Francisco. So I met him when I was out there. And he really influenced my work in um, electronic like um, collage. Uh, he, he was part of Negative Land and still has collaborated with Negative Land. And um, I, I learned a lot just by listening to his work. And then we eventually uh, collaborated. And we decided to just bring together our giant libraries of animal sounds <laughs> and see if we could improvise, like have the animals improvise with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so what in a way you're is. like a, a casting director for a movie. <laughs> yeah. kind of. The animals seem to have their own personalities and they just go where they want to go. So these are older, this more nature excerpt, you know, we just improvised and that's what I did at Mills. That was fun. And we had speakers outside so you could look up at the, forest and see and like listen to these weird sounds um so more nature that's from 2011 um but then uh i moved back to the east coast and then just 2019 i performed at mills with with uh wobbly john leidecker as more nature and this time i don't have the recording i couldn't find it in time to send it to you <laughs> but um the animals seem to get angrier <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you something andrea you keep yeah. using this word improvise as opposed to composed. So you, you compose as well as improvise. Um, yes, yes, I, I compose. Um, I'd say, though, it's still play, playing, improvising. Um, the room is always my collaborator, <laughs> improvising with the, the space and sound. But, um, yeah, in, uh, composing for... Um, I've made compositions like solo ones and like Silo was a solo um, composition. You were going to play. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I composed for um, artists like Meredith Drum um, for their video. Like, I love working with her because I just look at a piece of hers and suddenly the composition just comes to me, usually like the whole thing. And then I just get to work through it and and record the, the bits. Well, we're going to play this thing called Architectural Body. And to me, that sounds like something that's kind of composed. Uh, yes, I collaborated with some people, but yes, that was a composed piece on site. So you're kind of missing the elements of Innsbruck, Austria. This was a artist oh, residence. Good town, good town. Yeah, yeah, I loved it there. And What's the it called? The, it's called the uh, uh, Tyrol. Yes, yeah. yeah. Incredible mountains, yeah. One time yeah. I got, as I was walking around, hardly nothing out there, right, above all the snow and it's, and two Poland say, your papers, please. <laughs> Beat oh, up. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> and of course, what? You're right. When you're not in your country, you always have your passport. And so, uh, oh. no, no problems. No problems. <laughs> it was like out of nowhere. These two guys. That's, your paper, like oh. it was a movie, right? Your papers. Beat up. From Poland? That's no, no. Far. In Innsbruck, in Austria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now let's play Architectural Bot.
Lot for Pedro Show, the last music for this edition, Andrea Williams. But not just Andrea Williams, because she said it was actually a collaboration. So Architectural Body, and then Sam Locke Ward from Iowa City with Vampire Baseball. <laughs> That's a title. <laughs> and, and by Crane and Skip Enga. Crane's up in uh, Idaho, Utapim. Mooncatcher. Moon There's a place up there called uh, Craters of the Moon, because I lived there for a few months I was a baby, but I went back, you know, because of tour, and it's like lava. But it's where the first nuclear reactor, army reactor, there's a story on that. My, my pop had a couple months training. Then uh, Ron Ruins. He was, uh, Ron Anderson was on the show a couple of hours, so this is him with the Ruins. A Fountain of Shit, that's a title. And then finally, Sleepwalks, the Body of Dreams in Water. So actually, I think the project's called Sleepwalks. Yes. And then... <laughs> Maybe the album was in, in the Body of Dreams and the piece is called In Water. Uh, what's easily confused. So, uh, enlighten us to uh, Architectural Body. Sure. Um, so, I had a residency, an artist residency in Innsbruck, Austria for a few weeks. Um, and it was at this place called Motel. And it's like for architects and artists, um, they have residencies and um, events. Uh, mostly, you know, events for community um, and the Alps are behind it. Like you can see the beautiful sure. like backdrop of the Alps. Um, but there's also you that's can't where see Italy it from... is in the Dolomiti. Uh, my Ma's Ma's people came from there. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. You can see like one side, the Alps on one way and then you see. Uh, yeah, towards Italy, the Alps there, the Dolomites. I think that's what you said. Yeah, no, and, Dolomitia um, means uh, it's plural for, yeah, the Dolomites is how we say it. Yeah, and like the Olympic ski lift or something that's from right, way back. That's right. Yeah, like that's there. So you can see all of this. And it's just, you know, to me, like um, I was trying to bring the sounds of Austria to them, but it's, they wanted me to activate the space to try and bring a crowd of people to donate because. The, um, the on-ramp, it was going to become like an on-ramp. The city was trying to add an on-ramp and take away this like really great DIY Ein space. Gong, I think they say, right? Hmm? Eingang or something like that. Asphalt. What's that? Ein, uh, on-ramp in German. But so oh, it was going to get, it was going to get demolished <laughs> is what you're saying. It was going to be destroyed and you had to save it. Uh, they wanted you to help save it. Yeah, I was like, um, okay. <laughs> but um, no, I just ended up uh, collaborating with some of the artists there. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. There was uh, Anna Loschbermer and Lara Boob. Her last name is Boob. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Ludwig Technique. So there's this like heartbeat thing that he connected to himself um, during one of the pieces. Um, and I handed out bells to the audience. Uh, but we collaborated with uh, Grassmeyer Bell Foundry. They've been around since like the 1500s. Yeah. And they happen to be around the corner. And I found a sticker um, on something on site at Motel that had their name. And it turns out that they used to own that place. So <laughs> I actually talked to them and was like, look, they're trying to put an on-ramp here. And can we – and it's a long story, but I ended up hanging out with the Grassmeyer Bell Foundry people, the owners. And I got to bless the world's largest singing bowl. Oh, I, I drink schnapps and like watch it being forged out of like you know lava it was so amazing wow. um and then they let me borrow um like roll around the corner through town these giant singing bowls not the world's largest but they were rather large and they're upside down like bells like on this rack and i got to improvise <laughs> with those like I mean, the big week. difference is there's no clapper people so they just resonate without being 
you know, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it was really amazing, and it was like a forty-five minute piece of different parts, and that activate different spaces on this on this area that people are. So the field recordings are from the actual mountains of like cowbells. The cows get sure, bells, sure. <laughs> so yeah. they can find them. <laughs> Look, yeah. Where can yeah. people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at www.listeninglistening.com. <laughs> That's a great URL. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. And uh, plans? Um, uh, plans. I I get to teach undergrad students in the fall deep listening and recording and um, yeah. But what about as far as like making music? Making music. Um, I probably have a project coming up with with Meredith um, in the fall too. Right now, it's like job hunt pandemic yeah of course <laughs> i understand you know i'm, I'm living honest, on this, but I know i'm living people, on the same planet andrea i understand yeah <laughs> okay. i want other, other other people to know you know okay. like that some people are still struggling and it's it's absolutely hard. It's absolutely absolutely I don't, make, <laughs> I don't make light of it at all i don't make a light of but yeah. you know what i got hope we're going to get through it nothing was canceled everything just postponed we're going to get through it uh it's been a big oh, honor to have you. Oh, wait, there's a show. If you look on my website, uh, there's a, sh a virtual show of Meredith's and my work. Forgot to mention that. It's at a Cola Grief and Fine Art Gallery, but it's like a virtual gallery, and it's really cool. It's called Mother Water, the uh, exhibit, and our piece, Water in the Desert, 122 Fahrenheit, is, okay. is in there. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. That's, so no, that no, I'm glad you you said that. It's a big honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being Thank here. Thank you so Thank so you, much. Brutal Sound Effects crew, for making Thank the connect. You. People, it's been the June 29, 2021 edition of Wap Pedro. So keep your powder dry. <laughs>